0: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits, like special ticket access and pre-sales to select Campus events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears.
1: The NFL playoffs are coming. If your team is in, it's going to be fun to watch. But what if you could actually be at the game? For last minute, amazing deals on tickets to your favorite NFL team, check out GameTime, the fastest growing ticketing app in the US. If your team is out, no sweat. GameTime has tickets to NBA, NHL, NCAA basketball games, even concert and comedy shows too. So if you're in San Francisco and you wanna see the 49ers, download the GameTime app, create an account and redeem code SHERMAN for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and enter SHERMAN, that's S-H-E-R-M-A-N for $20 off. No matter where you live, get out and have some fun this week. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. It's the Richard Sherman podcast presented by FanDuel. It's NFL playoff time and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. The app is safe, secure, and easy to use. FanDuel has exclusive offers, boosts, and more all month long. When you win, you'll get paid fast. Jump into the action at any time near the game with live betting. And FanDuel is now live in Ohio. So, use promo code RS and download the FanDuel app today to start making every moment more. 21 and up in select states. First online, real money wager only. $10. First deposit required. Bonus issued as non withdrawal free bet. That expires 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanDuel.com. Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler.
0: The volume.
2: Welcome back to the Richard Sherman Podcast. It's that time of the year. It's not Christmas, it's the playoffs. Uh,
1: It certainly is, Rich. Uh, We got a playoff atmosphere across a few games. I mean, week 18, we kind of expected a lot of games to be meaningless, but there were certainly some with some meaning. Let's start in Seattle, Rich. That that game came right down to the wire in OT.
2: What are your thoughts on the Seattle Seahawks coming away with the victory? Well, it was a had-to-have-it game, and they got it by the skin of their chins. They had to have it. Geno performed well, really emotional after the game. Their, their futures were still up in the air. Who knows if the season's over, if the season's not over. Geno broke a number of Seattle Seahawks records, completions, uh, attempts, yards, uh, completion percentage, 70%. Uh, all franchise records for Geno Smith in his first year as a full-time starter. Huge for him. Huge for the Seattle Seahawks because the Detroit Lions showed up even though they got eliminated. That was just a, the weirdest dynamic of, I've ever seen in playoff football. Why, why, why season? Why do you think the NFL did it like that? I mean, in theory, it
1: would have made more sense to have all teams playing at the same time, but they had the the Rams, Seahawks kick first and then the the Lions, or Lions, Packers go in the evening. Why would you do it like that?
2: Because there was no other way to put a relevant playoff game after that. You know, there would have been no other relevant playoff games with implications after that outside of that. You would have put what, Brown Steelers or something after that? People yeah. would have just been watching two teams with no chance to go to the playoffs and the rate, ratings would have been uh, bottom dweller. At least people watched this game all the way through because it had implications if Green Bay won, if Detroit and it was a competitive game. It was a smart decision by the league. Yeah, it certainly was. I mean, I certainly did not
1: expect the Rams to put up that big of a fight, but you know better than I do these division rivalries. People get up for games, games that are so meaningless. Well, why 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 was this
2: game competitive in the first place, Rich? Uh it was competitive because I mean, it's the NFL. Any given Sunday, you know how that goes. Any given Sunday, every team is going to compete. Every team is going to give their best, and that's what happened. Um, in Green Bay, I mean, Detroit's playing with a lot of pride, for a lot of pride. You know, Dan Campbell got those boys fired up, you know, and it's a division opponent. I think that was another smart move by the NFL, is making the last games, the last two games of the season, always division games, because you know you know those opponents the best. You know those the team's the best, and you know you're gonna you're gonna fight like hell, regardless of if you're in the playoffs or not. I mean, the Rams were out of it beyond elimination; don't even have a draft pick. But they gave Seattle all they could handle, just because it's a division opponent. You know them well. Uh, Jalen Ramsey played a heck of a game in that ball game. It was it was crazy. We saw a
1: little bit of a homecoming with Bobby Wagner coming back to Seattle, and, and Jalen Ramsey had a hell of a game, and then. Once Seattle pulls it off in OT, all's, all eyes are on Detroit and the Packers. I mean, everyone up in Seattle is hashtagging one pride, rooting for the Lions more than, than any other city outside of Detroit. And Detroit goes on the road into a hostile environment and a need-to-have-it game for Aaron Rodgers, and Detroit wins it. I mean, this, Dan Campbell, to me as a Detroiter, has changed the identity of this organization tenfold. I don't think – the vibes are just different here in Detroit, Rich. They had absolutely nothing to play for, and they came out and got the dub. I mean, talk to me a little bit about the Lions. Talk to me a little bit about Aaron Rodgers. What may be going through his head right
2: now? I mean, it's it's really cool for the Lions. I mean, they're establishing winning culture. They're establishing how to win, how to show up, and expect to win. How to go to Lambeau, which they you know they hadn't won in Lambeau in a long time. I think uh, that's only the second loss in December uh, for for Green Bay since uh, Lafleur has been the coach. So. That's insane right there. They, they, they came in there and that's big for going into next year. I, I would expect them to be favored uh, to win that division going into next year with how they've played. And hopefully they're able to get a few free agents and retool, get a few draft picks. But they look really good. It's really impressive uh, because people were calling for Dan Campbell's job at one point. You know, they were I think they were one and seven and they, they go, what, seven and one down the stretch. That's insane. Seven and one down the stretch. I mean, only coach ever got fired after seven and one was Flores, and he's suing the league now. So uh, it's something to be proud of. Well, Rich, I mean, you
1: obviously played in this league a long time, and a lot of these games have zero meaning. And to fans like myself and and to people that play fantasy football and to fans down in Houston and, and Indianapolis that are watching for draft picks, and we saw a game, a relatively meaningless game, where Houston plays himself out of the number one overall pick, any given Sunday, I know you guys are, are competitors, you're paid professional athletes, but, but why? Like wh- why, why is there this itching desire to win when literally it only hurts your team's draft capital?
2: Well, I, you know what? I, I respect Lovey Smith because he was going to go out there and give it all he got. <laughs> but uh, the Houston Texans are a joke of a franchise. I mean, McNair should be ashamed of himself. It's just been, it's tiring to see, you know, them... You didn't give him anything to work with, you know. That's like that's like somebody going into the the, the Indy five hundred with the with the Prius and be like, "Oh, you didn't win it? Huh. I wonder why." Oh my God, it's your fault. It's not it's not the car's fault. It's the driver's fault. Like you, you uh, one of the worst rosters in the league. You traded away all his best players. It, it, there's not a ton of talent on that roster. You couldn't expect it any success. It's almost like you set him up for failure. He's a fall guy, and. They got a fall guy, and now they'll hire the coach they want to hire. Who who get a quarterback with the number two pick, a young quarterback, a young up and coming. They'll pay some free agents. They got a lot of cap space, but it's just it's just dumb, you know. And it's dumb to 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 even hire Lovey for for re- what reason, you know, other than to just fire him a year later. There was nothing he could have done. I mean, they were competitive in just about every ball game. They were in games they shouldn't have been. Uh, they were almost beat teams they shouldn't have had any 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 reason to be in the game with the entire time they wanted a high draft pick. So it wasn't like they wanted to win those games necessarily. They did what they needed to do to rebuild this franchise. And then you fired a coach. It's like, uh, but that's why teams like that stay at the bottom. And I hope they, I hope they never win a Super Bowl and never do anything well. I mean, cause they don't deserve it. Uh, well, let's stay in the AFC South, Rich. I mean, we saw
1: actually a pretty competitive game on Saturday night. And for a long moment there, thought the Tennessee Titans were going to come away with the dub. Jacksonville Jaguars come out with the win Uh, this team looks team looks like a team on the rise. Do you think that they have what it takes to make any sort of noise in this postseason.
2: No, no because they have to they have to play the Juggernauts, you know, they have to play the Buffalo Bills and they're playing some of their best football. Um but it is a cool story, you know, for for Doug Peterson, you know, I, with all the turmoil that the Jacksonville Jaguars were in, you know, Trevor Lawrence people were, you know, questioning what whether, you know, he was going to be a bust, you know. Obviously it's the it's the modern age where you you don't play well in 15 games, 16 games, it's over for. And he continued to fight. Uh Doug Peterson deserved Deserves a ton of credit for the staff he put together. Um, they did a great job defensively down the stretch, so that's something that, that's that been really cool to see. The last three games, they've been really stout defensively. And, I mean, it's it's a cool story because, uh, I mean, what, what you weren't expecting this. You weren't expecting Jacksonville Jaguars to win the AFC South. It's a cool story. I don't think they can go to Buffalo and do any kind of damage, but crazier things have happened.
1: I want to stick with the Jags real quick here because this was a team that spent a lot of money in the offseason, uh, one of which was on their wide receiving core. I mean, they invested a ton of, ton of money into Christian Kirk, to Zay Jones, and a lot of people were laughing when they did so. And, and now it's, start, it's starting to really all make sense. Um, you know, Rich, but one of the things I think that gets lost at the tail end of the season is, is these player incentive bonuses. And Christian Kirk received... I think it was a million bucks this last week and getting a couple catches and you know close to 100 yards. What is that like going into the final week, being on a team where you have a player that is that close to player incentive bonuses? Uh, is that something that's on
2: everyone's mind? Uh, I don't know if it's on everyone's mind, but I think a lot of times a good coach, it's on his mind, um, especially in a game that you can get it done for him. Uh, I think they want to get it done, and it's really cool when they do get it done. You know, obviously they're not going to compromise the the well-being of the team and the overall product, you know, to get something like that done. But if they can get it done, uh, they will. I remember the Seattle Seahawks, there was a receiver that was like a catch away from a bonus and they were winning a game and it was a time where they should just be running the clock. And they did like a little little one of them forward pitch passes, you know, that, that you know, no risk pass. That's really like a run, but it counts as a reception uh, and get, got him his bonus. And, you know, it's really cool when two teams get, it's hard to, it's hard to make money in this league. It's hard to win in this league. It's hard to stay healthy. It's hard enough to get here. And so it's great. I think it does something for your team when a coach shows that he's willing to do that for his players.
3: Do you love Selena?
2: Like, really love?
3: Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano.
0: to start listening
1: let's go up to buffalo we saw the nfl community and the the world in general i think kind of at a standstill last monday night when uh demar hamlin went down and the whole nfl community whole sports community rallied around him and then buffalo opening kickoff to the house buffalo kind of looked a little lethargic at times through this game but they ended up Ended up taken to the Pats. Your thoughts on the Buffalo Bills and what they were able to accomplish in this very, very difficult week for their city and organization.
2: Oh, it was outstanding. I mean, it was it was storybook Hollywood um, start to that game. I mean, there's no way you – I don't know. I don't think Belichick has ever had the opening kickoff of any game run back on his team. You know, they're too well coached. They're too disciplined. And for that to happen, for the Buffalo Bills after a tough week like it's been – um was outstanding. I mean it lifted a lot of spirits. I think every all eyes were on that game obvious for obvious reasons. Uh it was a beautiful moment. And then they went out and played well. You know, Josh Allen, uh it's still 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 concerning with those red zone interceptions. That's where he threw one to Devin McCourty. Another red zone interception. And I want to say that's like nine on the year. And that's that's been his Achilles heel all season long. He didn't play the greatest game. You know, he 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 obviously threw some incredible, you know, highlight real passes. But those red zone interceptions. When you get to the playoffs, every every possession, every drive is worth something. Every and you can't have those plays. You can't force them in. You can't and you can't play scared. So it's not like he can just change the way he's playing now. So uh, that's just something to look out for later on down the line. But it's really cool, man. I think I think we saw the best parts of humanity when everything happened. Uh, the injury happened. Uh when when DeMar went down and and you know, you you it's really cool, you know, because in, in this day and age with social media, I mean, you see the ugliest sides, you know, you see so much division, so much separation, uh, so much so much angst and, and anger and arguing. And I think for a moment in time, you know, you know, fans of different teams, people of different races, religions, everything, for one moment came together and said, Hey, this young man, this young man needs our prayers, he needs our thoughts, he needs he needs our help. He needs our spirit to be with him and lift him up. This game needs us. These kids that played in the game need us. And the world needs us. And it was really cool to see. You know, I think, I mean, for it to be early in the year, uh, you know, it's been a long time since we saw a beautiful moment that unifying for that many people. And uh, and and we needed it. We needed it. And thank goodness he's okay. And, and he's up and about. He has all his neurological function. He's breathing good. His lungs are healing. And, and they raised a ton of money for him. That was also cool.
1: It is unbelievable. I mean, this we know the Bills mafia, but my goodness, man! I mean, I, ten million bucks almost to his charity—that is unbelievable. And like you said, Rich, to show the unity throughout, you know, throughout our entire country, throughout across sports, across all sports, for Damar Hamlin is absolutely exceptional. Um, it did leave the NFL with a tricky, you know, scheduling proposition uh, going into the end the final, you know, couple weeks and into the playoffs. You think they handled it properly in terms of? having the neutral site if uh, the Bills and Chiefs reach the FC Championship
2: game? Uh, like everybody else said, there's no perfect answer for it. I mean, they did the best they could. Uh, it's fine. You know, it's fine. It, 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 it hopefully won't, won't come down to anything like that. And, and I don't think it'll have an effect on the game. You know, I think they did what they had to do in a, in a really unique situation um, to, to make all parties happy and not to, not to ruffle too many feathers. You know, people, you know, you saw suggestions about an eighth game. Our eighth team being in the playoffs and that's, no, no, that would have been insane. That would have yeah. been insane because uh, you know that would change the whole dynamic. You you mess around and get a scenario like that and and your your Detroit Lions get in and and they somehow beat the Philadelphia Eagles, people would be un, in an uproar, you know. <laughs> they, they people would be ready to flip the, the And they the do league. it too, right? And they Come would do it. they would have done it, Mitchell. <laughs> they would have done it. I mean they the, the Philadelphia Eagles look very vulnerable. They were in a dogfight with some third string, you know, New York Giants players. You know, they 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 didn't even play Daniel Jones. They didn't play their starters and, and Philadelphia pulled out the game, but they won it by less than a touchdown. And, and that's a bit concerning. Now, obviously, Jalen Hurts' first game back, but if you would have got a hungry Detroit team with no Jalen Hurts rest, not a week of extra rest, nothing, no Lane Johnson, I mean, crazier things have happened. But uh, so I'm glad they didn't do that scenario because that would have been chaotic and crazy. But I think they did the best under, under, under with all things considered, uh, they did a pretty good job. Well, there were some other teams
1: watching scoreboards at the same time. We had the Steelers uh, vying for a potential playoff bid, uh, needing a loss uh, with the Patriots and the Miami Dolphins. And then the Miami Dolphins simply needing a loss of the Patriots. Miami snuck in. Sneaking in is an understatement. Uh, they won 11 to 6. I don't even know how you score 11 points in a, in right. a professional football game, but they did it. Uh, your thoughts on Miami? I know
2: you love the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 but your thoughts on the Dolphins, Rich? I don't think Tua will see the field again this season, so I don't think there's much to talk about um, in this situation. I think their defense played well. I think the Jets have a lot of questions to answer. You know, people are calling for for Mike LaFleur's job. I don't think that's the problem. You know, I think they're too banged up on the offensive line. They'll get Metcom back uh, or Beckton back, and, you know, they'll get healthier. They'll get some more free agents. They're an up-and-coming team. They'll figure the quarterback situation out, and they'll be a better team next year. Brees Hall will be back. They'll be they'll be a very dangerous team in that division. But the Miami Dolphins are are uh, you know a really cool story. Mike McDaniel in his first year, taking them to the playoffs is really cool. It's kind of similar to the Jacksonville situation. You know, being able to take them to the playoffs and 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 guide them, and it's been a really cool story. But I think they're going home. You know, I don't think they have a chance to win without Tua. Now, if Tua could somehow come back, which I highly, 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 highly doubt, um, maybe there'd be some, something there. But without him, I just don't see it happening. No, no question. I mean, th-
1: at the beginning of the season, did you really think Mike McDaniel had a shot at taking this team to the playoffs, Rich?
2: Well, I I, I, I didn't believe in Tua, you know? And and, and he, you know, I, I got to give him all the credit in the world. He's played outstanding. I mean, he ended up leading the league in, in passer rating, um... I want to say he was up there in completion percentage. And I knew Mike McDaniel was very creative offensive mind. I knew he could get it done. I knew he could draw it up. Uh I knew if he got a run game, they'd be really special. I knew defensively, Miami is running that zero scheme. So, you know, in any given d- game, it's feast or famine. So they could go blow some plays up and create a lot of turnovers, or they can go be 32nd in the league, you know, because they're just giving up a lot of explosives. But uh they had the personnel to do it. They traded for Bradley Chubb to, to help him out in the future. Uh, so, so it, they did, they did everything they needed to do, but I couldn't have foresaw him, him doing exactly what he did. Well, Richard, the one team
1: that, that was unfortunately uh, on the wrong side of this was the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, and with this win by the Miami Dolphins, they were, they were knocked out of a playoff contention, but the Steelers are an interesting team in the standpoint that we wrote them off. You know, I mean, once TJ Watt went down, once they were having their issues with the quarterback, we wrote them off and Rich, they, they, I don't know what happened, but they
2: just started winning games, Mitchell, winning
1: games, winning games. Mitchell, How does this
2: happen? Mike Tomlin may still get coach of the year without being in the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, because for 16 straight years now, I mean, this one, this one, this one is the one that he deserves to play coach of the year for, <laughs> because there's no way and There's no way they should have ever been in contention for any kind of winning record. I mean, they were three and seven at one point, I think. and. Like, and you're telling me they made it all the way back to a winning record from that? I think they went 6-1 down the stretch. Like, not with Ben Roethlisberger, because every time they're like, oh, well, he's had Ben Roethlisberger. No, it, w- it was Kenny Pickett, you know. It was, it was Mitch Trubisky, Najee Harris, you know, Pickens, like, it, it very inconsistent. Uh, T.J. Watt was injured majority of the year. Like, it was a great coaching job managing men, leader of men, I don't think their defense gave up 20 points over the last seven games. Like, he's a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Fame coach. You know, I mean, just from to not have a losing record over 16 years, Belichick gets a lot of credit. He had Brady. Tomlin had, 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 I mean, he had Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger is by no means Brady, and he has never had a losing record. Like, that's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. I think the one factor
1: in this, though, is once T.J. Watt went out to start the season, they were slow. And I know you love you some Nicholas John Bosa, Rich. Nicholas but John. When this guy comes back and T.J. Watt and they go on a run like they did and all of a sudden this defense is looking like a top tier defense in this league and they're winning game after game after game. How is he not in that conversation as well? What conversation? For defensive player of the year. TJ Watt, I mean, as a as a game changer, Rich. How is this Mitchell, guy Mitchell,
2: like? Mitchell, you don't. He played five games, six games. That's why you don't get just get in the conversation. That's like putting what? Purdy in the Rookie of the Year conversation. You don't get in there six games, like. Uh, I mean, yeah. I couldn't believe he got. In, I think he got the Pro Bowl. Like that's kind of a <laughs> slap in the face, you know. I mean, for uh, for the guys who've played the whole season, like impact player, all that. Congratulations, but six games, Nah. Like there's dudes out there that's been been grinding every week, week in and week out. And for you to, you know what I mean? That's a story for a different day. But fair fair enough,
1: you know, but let's let's keep it in the family a little bit. His brother, JJ Watt, and we'll talk about your Niners because we have to. His brother, JJ Watt, is retiring now. and, And the Cardinals, unfortunately, had to go out and give him his farewell tour against your 49ers. Brock Purdy, Rich. Brock Purdy and the Niners look very, very, very much so for real. This is no, you know, new event that is occurring. But when you go and slap 38 points on the board, you're just super nonchalant and, and win what is it fifth game in a row for Brock now? What's gonna stop the 49ers? Mm, um,
2: that's a great question. I don't know. Um, they they need to shore up their run game. I mean, run defense, though. That's that's one thing. Diamond Dor Lenore is going to have to grow up really fast in these playoffs, you know, because he's had a rough couple goals at it. You know, Devontae, anybody would have had a rough go at it, but um, this week the big play to AJ Brand, AJ Green early in the game um, is a play. You know, people are going to take shots and and Tayshaun Gibson Gip is playing his some of his best football. Man, he's played played well for a long time, and I know he's he's a little older um, now, but he got a lot of picks under his belt and. It's just he's in rhythm right now. I knew I caught it when Jimmy Ward came back. I said they would keep him and Talanoa Hufanga together. um, And I knew that they would keep working well and Jimmy would be on a nickel. They'd get their best 11 out there. And he, two interceptions in this game um, were huge. Um, But it was really cool to see JJ, you know, two sacks in his final game. He's calling it quits. He's about to be a dad. uh, Class of 2011, another class of 2011 alumni. And it's really cool to see. He's a Hall of Famer. He'll get his gold jacket in five years, and, and hopefully I'll be at the ceremony. Well, Richard, in this
1: game, and this is a rare stat, but we're going we're gonna to call it, Brock Purdy is the second highest passer rating through five career QB starts, behind only Kurt Warner. I, I don't frankly know how that's even possible, but God bless it him, man. Mitchell,
2: some people are just ready for the moment, and he was ready. I mean, they've they've... Averaged 30 points a game since Christian McCaffrey was acquired. I mean, excluding the Kansas City game because he, he was off of two days. So outside of that game, they're 10-0 and 0. since then, averaging 30 points a game. Like, he's made a huge difference. And they gave Debo a few reps. He was on a, He was on a pitch count this week, but gave him some reps, got him in there, got him contact, you know, because you need that going into the playoffs. But the way they were using Elijah Mitchell, Christian McCaffrey, Jordan Mason, Jawan Jennings, Brandon Ayuk went for a thousand yards. You know, you heard all, everything coming into camp. Brandon Ayuk is going to be go off this year. Brandon Ayuk, Brandon Ayuk, and he was really very steady the entire year. stayed Stayed healthy, was consistent through all three quarterbacks. You know, he ate with all three quarterbacks. Obviously, Trey Lance only played two games, but he was a steady part of the ship. And Nicholas John Bosa, now they won't let it, let you bet on it no more, Mitchell. They won't let you bet like. <laughs> I'd put I'd put my life savings on it. <laughs> well, you would have been right from week
1: one, Rich. You would have been right from week one of the preseason because that's how long you've been tooting it. You know, that's you've been you've been spot on with a lot, and that's I. We got to do a recap session of some of our callouts because I don't want to brag, but I called Tony Pollard. You did. You called Nicholas John Bosa. We had some other good callouts throughout the year, and I'm sure the rest of this postseason we're gonna have. Ample opportunity to make some predictions, but Rich, I'm going to ask you one more difficult question, and then we'll, we'll sign this thing off. But if you were still a member of the San Francisco 49ers going into uh, the, the Wild Card weekend, which of the three teams would you have most wanted to see as your opponent? Well, the probably Seattle Se- the Seattle Seahawks, the Detroit
2: Lions, or the Green Bay Packers. Probably Seattle, just because you know them so well, division opponent. You know what you're going to get. I feel like Kyle has a plan for him. You know, I, I, I just feel like it'd be a good game. You know, those uh, Green Bay would have been fine because Green Bay just doesn't deal with San Francisco well in the playoffs, regardless of where the game is. I mean, you're going all the way back to Kaepernick, um, going to Green Bay, going to Lambeau and, and running for 200 or something crazy and taking a win when he took the San Francisco 49ers to the Super Bowl that year. To last year when they went to Lambeau and got the win on their way to the NFC Championship game, 2019 we we took them behind the woodshed. So I, I you know, it's just not it's just not it, Green Bay doesn't have a good track record playing the 49ers in the playoffs. So that would have been fine, but Detroit, Detroit is just nasty, gritty, grimy, and they're gonna get it done. Their offensive line is way better than you think. Their defensive line is way better than you think. They're young in the secondary. They're too young to know any better. They got a good running. They got two good backs. Um, Swift is back. Uh, They got a good receiving core. And the more they get Jamison Williams involved, like the more healthy he gets, they're going to be even more dangerous. Jared Goff is, is an above average starting quarterback. And he showed that this year. He showed it. I think he's top five in yards now. And it was, I mean, it was a good year for him. I never thought I'd see that
1: or hear that, Rich. Well... We're going to have an active week here on this podcast. I know we got a couple big time guests and then we're going to do a little playoff preview, but Rich, I'll let, us, let you sign us off as we conclude
2: the regular season. Well, thank you very much this year for rocking with us, for hanging with us, for being here. I know we're not always right. We are a good amount of times. And we appreciate your time, your diligence. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me and Mitch Eisenstein, and we appreciate it. If this is your first time, hit that sub button. It's an entertaining place to be. We'll see you next week. Got some information to give. Got another cool guest. It's going to be fun.